Welcome to Bam Bam News. Sunday, June 27th, 2021, 4.50 p.m. This podcast is a long-standing podcast that has been in the making for a while. It is about the American police officer that most civilians and people don't understand or have no clue about. I've done a lot of research. I've talked to many police officers over the last few months to put this podcast together. So what you'll be hearing is 15 unique things police officers wish the general public knew about policing that they do not know. But first, um, I want to thank the Chicago Police Department, the New York City Police Department, the Myrtle Beach Police Department, the Miami-Dade Police Department, in making this podcast come true after interviewing police officers from those departments. An interview with Miami-Dade Beach Police Lieutenant. He wanted to stay anonymous, but he gave me the following. Police weren't prepared publicly for the publicity that we get. The police community is woefully unprepared to cope with the onslaught of negative public generated against the law enforcement profession that he serves. So why is this happening? I think it's because our job is, and always has been, pretty simple. Catch the 1-2% of society that preys on law-abiding citizens. Our job has never been to wage a war with the media, to validate our actions, or to convince people we are good guys. This, however, is the position we find ourselves in currently in 2021. We're in a game of catch-up, trying to convince the public, and maybe even some of our own, that we aren't as bad as the media always makes us out to be. Several issues compound the problem. Radical groups that advocate violence as a solution to problems between police and community, whether those problems are real or perceived. The media that is often more sympathetic to radical groups than to police officers in general today. A tepid response at best from the nation's capital when it comes to supporting law, law enforcement and decrying violence against the police all the time. Millions of citizens equipped with the ability to instantly capture and edit audio and video and rapidly share it with news outlets or upload it to the internet and all these social media sites. The viewpoint from rank-and-file cops based on perception or actual incidents leading them to believe they will be sacrificed on the altar or political correctness when police managers cave to political pressure. I asked, are officers really that bad? Like it or not, the news media runs on ratings. Ratings equal money, and money equals staying in business. News doesn't always have to be high quality or factual. And the first one with the story is often the ratings winner and the ratings champ. If a news director has a five-minute slot on, say, a 6 o'clock news and has to make a choice between running a story on a police-run toy drive or police pursuit that ended with the bad guy getting shot, which will immediately be played out on an execution 
as an execution, since five cops shot at the same time, which one do you think is going to get the airtime? They're not going to show the toy drive. In their world, it's just business. In their minds, if they don't run with the story, a competitor will, and they can't let that happen, or they might find themselves last in the ratings. I asked the following question. Have we ha- have we as a police, have, you, uh, have we as a society, asked the police community really gotten, has a police community really gotten that bad? His response, I don't think so. The statistics back that up. There's over 900 million police contacts a year with civilians. According to the FBI Uniform Crime Report, the estimated population of the United States in 2020 was just over 308 million people. This population was serviced by 12,656 police agencies. Of those police agencies that were staffed by 900,000 employees, 627,000 roughly of whom were sworn officers, to keep this simple, let's say 128,000, just over 20% of that number, are supervisors or officers working in administration positions. This leaves us with a nice even number of a half million police first responders to police the population of over 300 million people. Now, let's further assume that on average, a police officer has five citizen contacts. I know in reality that number is probably a lot higher on a given day, but we'll go on the very small conservative size side. This could range from traffic stops to medical issues or whatever inter- contacts a police has with a civilian in a day. On a national average, this equals to about 2.5 million contacts a day, 70 million, 75 million contacts per month, or about 900 million to a billion contacts a year. The vast majority of police citizen contacts are handled without any incident, and when force must be used to gain compliance, it involves minimum to no injury in most cases. It is far stretched to think that out of 2.5 million contacts in a day, Maybe 10,000 of those contacts involve cops who went the extra mile to ensure a positive outcome. There's 10,000 ways that off, that officers go the extra mile. I'm not talking about all the extra things cops do that aren't required by a job, but they do anyway because they care. Things like shooting hoops with neighbors, kids, coming in the neighborhood looking for a lost pet giving food or clothes to a homeless person, repairing a broken-down car to get someone back on the road, paying the tab for a hotel bill so a displaced family has a place to sleep for the night, delivering groceries to an elderly person who's shut in, or buying gifts so a needy family can have a Christmas. 10,000 out of 2.5 million contacts equates to about one-half or 1%. I believe the numbers, in, in all reality, probably much higher. Considering these numbers, we find that instead of concentrating on the 10,000 exceptionally good things the police do on any given day in America, during their contact with 2.5 million people, we succumb to the victim mindset of society that chooses to ignore the good in exchange for the next salacious viral YouTube or Facebook video that is played and replayed, tweeted and retweeted, and passed around on the internet until the next video is showing a real or perceived misdeed by a cop services. It reminds one of the one of the old quotes attributed to the communist socialism Vladimir Lenin. A lie told often enough becomes the truth. In this case, the lie is that the police are brutal thugs that lack patience, are corrupt, and routinely trample 
on the rights of its people. The point is that the endless cycle of neg negativity has a brainwashing effect that can persuade the average citizen that the police can't be trusted and given enough time can make just about anyone have doubts about themselves or their profession. Now the balance that with 120 videos to keep yourself grounded in reality, consider this. If on a national level, 120 negative police videos hit the airwaves in a year, and we balance it against the 900 million to a billion police contacts per year, the percentage of negativity is 0.000013%. That is not to say we shouldn't worry about negative press and endeavor to allow to do better, but doing the math helps keep things in perspective. Whether we like it or not, police nationally are engaged in a media war, and we have two choices, stand on the sidelines and get steamrolled, or get active and fight with fight fire with fire. We have to become media specialists by default and learn to get proactive in using social media and other methods to show the positive side of the police work that we do. There are a lot of police agencies and associations that are already starting to do this nationwide. There are also a lot of citizen groups that support the police and are also all too happy to assist in getting positive messages out there. To answer the question, no, we really aren't that bad. We are just allowing a small segment of society to use a very effective media machine at the moment to make us all look terrible. We all know that cops are human and can, can and do make mistakes, some more serious than others. We also know we work in a profession with some of the highest standards that results in constant scrutiny. Complaints alleging misconduct are investigated and dealt with thoroughly by administrative offices like myself. And a lot of time, a lot, and several times, administration of discipline, termination, and criminal charges are brought. But the media doesn't see that. What is important is, is that the numbers cited that I gave above all allow us to keep the picture in true perspective. I thank you, Bam Bam. I know that's not your real name. For asking this question and allowing me to speak on how I felt. And I appreciate it. I keep up the good work. That was from my, the Miami Dade Lieutenant. Uh, his name is Michael. He, he, he did not give me his permission to use his last name, so I didn't. Um, but I do know his last name. Um, now, upon interviewing um, several close friends, personal friends of mine, of the NYPD, um, I was I was shocked to learn that because uh, I asked my friends, you know, give me give me a list of things uh, that. The public doesn't really know about um, <clears throat> about policing. And whew, did I get a list? <laughs> I was not expecting this. This is coming from a lieutenant in homicide in the NYPD. This is coming from a regular patrolman uh, in Midtown South in Manhattan. And this is coming from a Brooklyn North Task Force officer in uh, Brooklyn, Queens. Uh, they all know each other. Um, they all came together, and they gave me a list, um, and they sent it to me. So I'm going to read that list to the general public here on my podcast on about 
15 things cops wish the public knew about policing from the NYPD. One, the use of force isn't pretty at all. People have been conditioned by TV to believe that a prop properly trained police officer of any jurisdiction can take down a person of superior size and strength quickly, almost effortlessly, without the use of weapons and without the injury of either party. This is simply not true. Few cops are expert martial artists, period. The defense tactics trainings that we receive is fairly perfunctional. Struggles often result in injury joints, lacerations, concussions, and other injuries to both parties. There's lots of cursing and screaming involved. The cops usually win. It's only because they can get enough cops on the scene to overwhelm any individual. Number two, most cops never shoot anyone ever. Very few cops will fire their sidearms outside of their pistol range and training at some time in their career. More of the cop works in a rural area where, where having to dispatch wounded animals is common. Some might go months without taking the gun out of the holster, period. Cops will go to extremes to avoid shooting people. That was number three. My personal experience is that about once a month, I would encounter a situation I would have to, where I would have been legally justified in probably shooting someone. I did that only once. So all the other times I found other ways of resolving the situation. Casual research tells me my experience is not unique. Most police officers have ample opportunities to shoot a person, but they choose not to do so. Number four, the people at the top often don't have a lot of practical experience. There are exceptions, but most cops who become chiefs, sheriffs, or other high-ranking police officers spend most of their career paving the path to the promotion. They spend a brief time as work and beat cop. They transfer to a non-enforcement job where they stay until they get their first promotion. They never truly understand the job. The cops they oversee don't identify well with brass and the brass with or the brass with the cops. Number five, PTSD is real and, and very much in the commonplace. A cop may have a bad time after he's involved in a shooting, but the traumatic incident could just as well be a nasty car crash, a fight, or a rescue that didn't end well. Anyone who could say truthfully that they are never bothered by such things is probably a sociopath and shouldn't be on the damn job. Cops who seek mental health treatment are often viewed suspiciously by their superiors. Those guys didn't spend enough time on the street to experience anything that bothered them. And they believe that anyone who's bothered is probably unstable. Like I said, they don't understand what it is to be a real police officer. Number six, there's lots of stress, but not the kind that you might think. Most of the stress comes from the police station. I know, it sounds a little strange. Law enforcement agencies are extremely political. In most big police agencies, I'm not sure about the small ones. Who likes you or who your friends or relatives with has a lot more to do with the progress of your career than how good you are at your job. Management by intimidation is a common technique. From a human resources perspective, law enforcement agencies are horrible places to work in technical terms. There aren't Number seven, there aren't all that many bigots. There are some, of course, in a cohort of close to a million, eight million people 
Some of them will be biased. You can get fired for expressing those feelings, so they tend not to last long. Most cops don't especially care what color you are, what religion you practice, what country your ancestors came from, or how much money you have, or what your sexual orientation is, or what your political party is. Cops see every kind of person, often at the worst moments of their lives. They know there are good and bad people in every single category. They do have strong bias against idiots, jerks, and assholes, so don't be one of those. Number eight, some of our brother and sister offices embarrass us, period. With the possible exception of field training offices, cops don't have a lot of input to who gets hired and who is retained on the agency. Everyone knows somebody who's reckless, immature, lazy, dishonest, or just plain fucking retarded. When these people are allowed to keep their being cops, it's usually because they are politically connected. And reporting them for a transgression will almost always backfire on you. Number nine, your my favorite police encounter story is definitely not unique. On learning someone as a police officer, most people will immediately relate their most memorable contact with the police. It's usually a traffic stop. That's how most people encounter us. Your new friend will smile and nod politely, but he's silently waiting for it to be over. It's nothing he hasn't heard before. Number 10, there are very few universal rules or policies. I've lost count of how many questions I have seen on Quora along the lines of how much over the speed limit can I go before I get stopped? And what do I ha- what do I say to get out of it getting a ticket? People want to believe there's some industry-wide practice that can exploit they can exploit to aid them in violating the law. There are over 800,000 law enforcement offices in the U.S., and each one is a unique person. Their employers seldom impose a formal policy of allowing drivers to exceed the limit by 5 or 10 miles an hour. This is most often left up to the individual police officer. As one of the three NYPD officers who've given input here, I will say this, that if you drive... Anywhere from 1 to 10 over, you're not getting stopped by me unless you're in a school zone. That's my only exemption. That's my only reason I would stop you. It's sel- Number 11, it's seldom personal. Few cops start their day looking for a particular person. Or even a particular class of people will stop. Cops see violations of the law in suspicious circumstances. And they're encouraged by their employers to intervene. If you got a ticket or got arrested, it's probably because you broke the damn law. Not because the cop didn't like you or you were a member of some target group. If this happens to you a lot, you might want to stop blaming the cops and consider the constant things that you put yourself around instead. Number 12, becoming a cop is harder than you, you probably think. Some agency have, some police agencies have to collect over 100 applications to get one viable hire. Some of those hires won't make it through the damn police academy. Some who do won't complete field training. About half of the new hires leave law enforcement within five years. Many, pe- many because of the anti-police sentiment, it's more difficult to recruit new cops than ever before. 
might want to think that people become cops because they're too stupid or lazy for real jobs, but you're fooling yourself. Chances are you couldn't make the grade. Most people can't. This job is not for everyone, and I'm not saying it is. It's my job. It's the job I chose. It's the job I love. It's not made for everybody. Number 13, television does not represent law enforcement accurately ever. Most of what most people know about cops is from watching stupid television. This is why people believe that, that every arrest must be immediately followed by a Miranda warning that there is a team of FBI agents who fly to crime scenes and an executive jet solve the case within days that detectives in one major PD can move to another. Distant major PDs and instantly be resumed being detectives that crime scene investigators collect evidence, identify the suspects, interrogate the suspects, and make the arrest. No one seems to care about detectives are doing and that the cops who are involved in the shootings are back at work the next day. People have to stop watching TV about law enforcement. Number four, 14. We wish you would stop telling your children we will arrest them if they aren't good. The day may come, God forbid, that your child is separated from you and, and doesn't know where to turn. You're probably going to call the police if this happens. Do you want your child to look for a police officer to help him or hide from him because he's afraid he will go to jail? Don't be stupid and teach your kids about police will arrest you if they aren't good. Number 15, and finally, I want to wrap this up. You don't understand police work at all. This applies even if your father, mother, sibling, wife, or next-door neighbor was a cop. Until you have actually done the job for a few years, you will never understand what it's actually like. I tell this to my wife all the time, and she gets frustrated. She says, well, I've been married to you for 17 years. And I say, yes. But never once have you put on the uniform, got behind the wheel, and actually dealt with the public that I deal with firsthand. And she normally doesn't say anything to me that much about my profession anymore because she understands that she has no idea what it truly is to put on this uniform, as I do not know what it truly is to be in her footsteps while when I walk out the door, her fear and everything of me possibly not coming back is like... I just would really like the public to sit back and understand what we actually do day in and day out. And we're not all bad people. And that, folks, is a summary of what it's like being a police officer. What the media portrays uh, the police as. And I can say this. Of all the police officers I talk to, of all the encounters I've come across, uh, I've never, you know, I, if, if, if you're respectful, I mean, I, I don't, <clears throat> you know, I, I know what they're looking for, but I really think is at the end of the day, they just, they want to be respected. Um, you know, you start cursing at anybody you just meet or you just see because they show up or you know, that's, it's, it's never going to start. It's never going to go well. Um, but honesty goes a long way in society. Honesty will get you a long way with a police officer, too. Um, it's the ones that lie, the ones that deceive, 
those are the ones that, that uh, you know, are going to have some issues. And if you're going to resist and you're going to think you're above the law, well, then you're absolutely just fooling yourself because you're not. And neither are officers. Good officers don't like bad officers. I've never met a police officer who likes a bad officer. It just doesn't happen. And I know society thinks of it a different way, but <clears throat> that's my podcast on uh, the life of being a police officer that the public uh, should know and uh, should understand a little more before criticizing the hard, uh, the hard job that they have and the respect they deserve and not the few of them that, uh, that go haywire. Uh, soon, I most likely will have a website. Uh, there might be a website coming for uh, Bam Bam News. Um, I'll keep everyone updated on that. Uh, questions, comments, hate mail, whatever. BamBamNews at gmail.com B-A-M-B B-A-M-B N-E-W-S at gmail.com This is BamBamNews and I'm out.